This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. Hello, this is Nick Briggs, the voice of the Daleks, and you're listening to Transmissions from Gallifrey, and I urge you to listen, or you will be exterminated! Hello everybody, my name is JC Del Torre, and this is the first episode of Transmissions from Gallifrey. And with me, as always, is... Rita De La Torre. And... Dr. Scott Begay. And we have a very special guest this week. Debbie, Debbie Begay. Begay. New York Times bestselling author, Debbie Begay. Oh, thank you. And we have just completed watching the very first episode of Jodie Whittaker's run as the Doctor in Doctor Who. And... Let's just say we're going to have plenty of opinions on this first episode, uh, but I think we all agree that we much enjoy watching the BBC feed more than the BBC America feed. Curse you commercials. Because oh of the ridiculous amount of commercials they stuffed into this episode. At random weird spots. Yes. Well done, BBC America. You found a way to really break up that tension. Yes. And that's basically what they did every single time they went to a stupid Subaru commercial. Thank you, Subaru, for sponsoring Dr. Who, by the way. <laughs> yes, but you know what? It was those commercials that brought us Dr. Wolf. Yes. Dr. Wolf, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I am now creating a character called Dr. Wolf uh, because of the Subaru commercials with the dog. Because yes. we decided that was what Dr. Who really was all about. Dr. Wolf. Yes. Dr. Wolf. Every Doctor has a companion series. Apparently, Jodie Wilkers is going to be Dr. Dr. Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I want to first give the floor to Debbie Vigay. <gasps> Because uh, Debbie, before this episode aired, had some very, very strong feelings about uh, a woman becoming the Doctor. And in case you can't tell by her name, Debbie is a woman, so this isn't, uh, you know, like a male chauvinist kind of thing. Uh, so, Debbie, let's start with why you weren't crazy about the idea of a woman Doctor. I, I really don't like taking established characters and then switching up their... their gender just so that we can say we did i think it's unnecessary i think it's disrespectful not only to the established characters but also to the characters creators you know i i don't think it's cool and i wouldn't think it was cool if little orphan annie became little orphan andy either you know i don't like it going either way well look at thor they turned thor into a woman yeah and i'm not happy series, about yeah. that i'm sorry because the thor is supposed to be a super hot guy and that's why I watch. But, you know, <laughs> I have no interest in seeing Thor as a woman in any way, shape, or form because that's going to ruin the enjoyment of his char the character for me. But no, I, I, I get a little bit tired of this, oh, it's about time crap. And I'm like, really? Because guys could say, you know, it's about time we did Heidi as a boy. You know, they could say it's about time we little did Little Red Riding Hood as a guy, you know? And, you know, we do Beauty and the Beast, and suddenly Beauty's the guy and the Beast is the woman, you know? I mean, right. where is this going to stop? And why is it that we're so much harping on the fact that we have to change these these male 
prototypes, these these characters that mean something and make them all female. It's just, it go for me, it goes with the castration of men in our society and it just pisses me off. All right, so with all of that said, coming into the episode, um, what was your opinion of Jodi and her first run as the Doctor? I actually was very surprised because I thought she was very bland. I was expecting to either, I was expecting to really hate her, and I didn't, but I didn't find anything to really recommend the character either because I know it's a regeneration episode and those are always iffy anyway because we get regeneration sickness and they don't remember who they are and they're trying to do everything, you know, new. But she just came across as a bit wishy-washy to me and I didn't believe her when she was telling the villain to get off the planet. I'm like, or what? I mean, she didn't manage to put the force in it for me. And I think it really upset me too that she lost a lot of people on her first watch, especially when she was telling them that they were going to be okay. Yeah. All right. So fair enough. Uh, Scott. Hello. Well, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, I love regeneration episodes, even if they are quirky. Uh, and I know that they're not always everyone's favorite, but uh, I liked this one for the mere fact that they resisted the chance to really hit you over the head with it. You know, uh, I think the reason they went bland is because they just wanted to make her the doctor and let her be doctory. And I think we saw that in how she was responding to problems that she was solving and creating her own Sonic and putting that together and trying to uh, just kind of like piece together who this new persona was going to be. I, I, thought I bought into all of that. Uh, they could have easily have spent 10 minutes talking about the change in body form and all that sort of stuff and making all those jokes. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be memes to that tomorrow. But mm -hmm. that was not what they did here, and I appreciated that. Um, and then I liked the, the overall production change. It looked it looked grittier. It looked darker. Yep. Than, we, will, we will be getting to that. Um, Rita, what was your thought of Jody as the Doctor? Uh, Scott, I'm sorry, but I don't agree with you. I don't think that the blandness uh, was made to focus more on her finding herself as the Doctor. Because we've seen that with every other regeneration and uh, episode and every other regeneration episode, especially when you get towards the end, uh, like in Matt's regeneration. He's got this big old speech at the end and it was, oh, oh my God, he's the 11th doctor. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or but no second chances. I'm that kind of doctor. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, this new hand, it's a fighting hand. Yeah. Right. yeah. She didn't have any memorable one-liners uh, in this episode. She didn't. Okay. No, I don't remember any. I literally well, don't remember I, any. And I don't remember the a moment The new nose where, is so accurate. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's her most memorable moment is when she's got her finger up her nose. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's beautiful. That is advancement for all womankind right there. The, the thing is, and I understand Chibnall is trying to kind of reimagine Doctor Who. I did notice that a lot of that whimsy that we used to get was not in this episode. And I'm okay with that. Because I do sometimes like that grittier, kind of darker feeling. And that's okay with Doctor Who. But the fact that her portrayal, like you guys have said, was rather bland. And I felt like her dialogue was not memorable at all. Mm. Uh, I was expecting this really, really cool speech, you know, to the bad guy at the end. Yep. And it kind of didn't happen. I'm like, okay, well, we did this. Now we're going to throw you off the, the thing and you're done. 
you think that it's kind of feeling that it's sort of like a like a part one, part two, part three kind of a thing going on? That eh, maybe, maybe. that will happen. Because... All right. So let me let me say mine. Um, so I didn't find her quite as bland as you guys did. Um, I I the I think the best compliment that I can give her at this point is I bought her being the doctor. I yeah. could, I could see the doctor elements in her. I did think that there were some memorable lines, uh, especially when she started talking about how people can change and things can change and still honor the past, but at the same time, uh, you know, take things forward into the future. Mm-hmm. I think she was speaking more about the character of the Doctor to the fans than anything you know, else. Than yeah. anything else, kind of like if if you go back to Deep Breath, where uh, they had that whole scene where uh, Matt calls Clara and you know, <laughs> says, "Hey, Clara, it's gonna be okay. He's really me," you know. Right. So I think that's kind of what she was doing there. Yeah. Um, as to the solution of of uh, taking care of the villain, uh, you guys are right. It wasn't really that big Doctor moment. I don't think Capaldi had a big Doctor moment until a couple episodes into his run as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that there, there wasn't that scene in this particular episode. But at yeah. least Capaldi was a little more memorable and crazy in his first episode, you know, with the attack eyebrows and um, running around like a mental patient. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. I, you know, every regeneration is different. So, I mean, Ten slept through most of his regeneration, you know. I mean, so right. it's, it's kind of like... Uh, it, Every single doctor seems to have a different way that he regenerates, or she regenerates. Well, well if you think about it, yeah. Peter Davidson's regeneration was uh, not like oh crazy out there either. He just kind of trans, you know, regenerated, and he was Peter just Davidson? Th- yeah. Uh, well, he he got regeneration sickness and ended up spending most of his time in the uh, zero cabinet. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, who are you talking about? The fifth doctor you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. I followed. Okay. Because I, I I was wondering why you were going old school, but okay. <clears throat> well, why can't we go old school? Oh, we can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, 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 well, the reason why I was I was wonder, wondering about old school was because those regenerations are so different than New Who. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I just kind of wanted to keep it towards New Who. But, I mean, that's fine. We can talk about the old regenerations Well, as we're well. talking about yeah. how all ge- yeah. regenerations are different, different, and even if you're talking about classic Who, they really yeah. differed a lot. Well, I yeah, mean, I mean, because when Tom Baker went to Peter Davis and he had, the, like, the ghost guy. The, the white right. ghost. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was odd. Yeah. I, <laughs> it never happened again. I, yeah. I think one of the things that was weird for me is I liked her better in Capaldi's clothes than in the ones she chose for herself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought they actually worked really well on her. You know, I mean, yeah. they need to shorten the sleeves some and everything, but it gave her a very cool vibe. Well, well even gave... even Yaz was like, uh, "That's what you're going with." I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Urkel has come to the TARDIS. You know, <laughs> I was like. Re- Actually, yeah. Yes. Now, now that I think about it, because it's a high-waisted yeah, pair of pants like, suspenders. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I okay. But, you know, it's... Yeah, but to be fair, the Doctor has never had... Uh, the greatest fashion sense. sense. Yeah. No. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, all, we've all seen 60s coats, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, the overall feel of this episode was a lot different than uh, pretty much anything that we've seen in Doctor Who up to this point. Right. Um... What was your take on the darker, grittier feel of Doctor Who? I know we've touched on it a little bit, yeah. but let's let's go in more in depth with it. Uh, Scott, why don't you start us off? Uh, I liked it uh, just because it was such a break from Doctor Who as a fairy tale. So that for me was a welcomed uh, change, and 
it also had a sense more of reality uh, yeah. that, that are going to be able to play with more. Uh, I also like the fact that when the villain showed up, the creature, alien, whatever it was in its suit, uh, that it didn't look like something that was drawn by a fourth grader. Yep. So that was kind of nice. This, this, so, <laughs> so it wasn't. What was the thing from uh, Love and Monsters? The, oh, the, the absorber monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello, fart monsters. Yeah, yeah. no. So and, and those weren't developed by a fourth grader, yeah. but right. yes. they would be. So they should have been, right? So, but I liked the fact that it kind of looked like it kind of looked like it may belong in our universe. Uh, so that was nice, uh, and so I think that helped a lot. Yeah, and, and for me, I think, uh, what was one of the more interesting things was when we had Russell T, Russell T was kind of like the goofy, this show's for kids kind of thing, you know, so you had, like, uh, Mickey getting eaten by a trash can and, you know, the, the Celine. Mm-hmm. But then with Matt's run, you know, in the, in the Moffat era, it was more of the fairy tale, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this one is just downright gritty, you know, Stranger Things kind of vibe to it. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that yeah. during the show. Yeah, definitely. And some of the music sounded yeah, like yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. A lot darker, a lot... Uh, uh, and, and I think I also mentioned during the episode that was it kind of reminded me a little bit about of the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. you know, where they kind of went a little bit more darker and more gritty. Yeah. Um, Rita, what did, what did you think? Um, with all of the previous seasons of Doctor Who, it's like you said, it had that fairy tale, very whimsical kind of feel to it. This felt so much more away from that and almost completely just sci-fi. Yeah. But was it a good thing or was it yeah, a bad thing? No, it? it's a good yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, it's, you, you can't always do the whimsy because that's just going to get old. The whole point of Doctor Who and why it's lasted this long is because it has the ability to evolve, uh, to reinvent itself, and to refresh. And this is what Chibnall is doing. So now we're getting, you know, this new, grittier, darker, more hard sci-fi, yeah. in other words. At least for this particular episode. For, for we, this episode, yeah. it was right. def- it, it felt like hard sci-fi. Yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, the Heathcliff era from Classic Who, where hmm. they went a little bit more horror. Yeah. You know, a little, you know, and, you know, and, that's, and that hasn't been back in a while. Right. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, we've already heard other people mention... You know, this episode felt very Predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. All right. It, it, so, let that yeah, be. I was going to say, uh, because of all the interruptions by commercials, thank you, uh, BBC America. BBC America. <laughs> At one point, we came back to the creature with all the teeth stuck in his face. And actually, for three three seconds, I didn't realize we were back on Doctor Who, and I thought we were seeing a Venom trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's the same aesthetic. It's I'm like, wait, this isn't Venom. Oh, we're back with Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I was confused by that uh, as well. I was like, wait, oh, oh we're back. Oh, yeah. crap. See, right? And I'm talking through this. <laughs> but, you know, so the, I, I, I am the first person to love dark and creepy. I mean, I am a dark and creepy person. You know, that, that really... You don't say. But at the same time, on some level, it didn't feel like Doctor Who to me anymore. And I've seen a lot of the classic Who as well, so I'm not just from the Eccleston era on. But it just it felt like it almost lost something a little bit. Hmm. And I think combined with the fact that that she was so bland and she wasn't taking... I mean, I was waiting for her to do, you know, at least do the callback and say this, you know, when she's saying you can't take people from Earth, I was waiting for her to say something like, it's defended or I'm defending yes. it. Yeah. But because she didn't actually step up and make a stand that was really strong like that. It really helped even more drive it away from this is the Doctor Who I've always, I've known 
to this is some weird new gritty show and some of the stuff the BBC does can be really disturbing. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be for kids, the direction they're taking it. That's a good point. I mean, because Doctor Who was always envisioned as a kid show uh, from its very from onset. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So how do you feel about kids watching this show? Because I found it a little bit uh, almost... Disturbing? I, not disturbing. I just say kind of kind of scary for a, for a kid to be watching. Yeah. Well, but well, then again, you know, if you go back, you also have the kids hiding behind the couch you know, being scared of Daleks, so... Yeah, but I think even more yeah. than the scary imagery, you yeah. have uh, Gran getting killed. Yeah. That is really heavy, yeah. you know? It, it is, and it, the one episode kept coming to mind as I was watching this episode. Uh, you guys remember the episode where uh, uh, they're in the submarine? Mm -hmm. Oh, and yes! Uh, dealing with the uh, with the Ice Warrior. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Remember the one scene where he kills one of the sailors and they come in... They don't show the actual body, but you can tell this body has been mangled beyond all recognition. Uh -huh. Right. It kind of went back to that for me a little bit because that particular scene was really dark, even though you didn't see the body. You yeah. just, you, but you knew in your mind what the rest of them were looking at. So when this monster in this episode was killing people and taking teeth, and I'm like, that was so serial killer-like. Yeah. And, and, and that's yeah. pretty dark and disturbing to me. And to, to add to both of that, it wasn't just Grand that we lost, mm -hmm. but remember, there was a security officer that was a grandfather. That yeah. That was, yes. that was so dark. You established right. that, okay, he's a grandfather a talking grandfather. to his grandchild. No, no, no. But yeah. then later on, the guy in the crane was like, I'm working for the family. Because this is my, this is the family business, and he's a family member. That was probably his grandfather. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. No, well, we don't know. It, could it have might been. be. Or it might an be. uncle or something. Yeah. Could have been. But, I mean, it, it just, I think that kind of, and it was weird because the whole thing happened at night, you know? Yeah. I mean, the very so it beginning, ver made it very dark. Yeah. The yeah. very beginning was at the morning, and then the very end, there was some stuff in the morning, too. But it was just like. It, which visually it starts to get really draining on you as a viewer. And unlike yeah. Doctor Who in the past, they actually stayed longer and actually stayed for the funeral. I yeah, know. Yeah, that was odd. That yeah. was kind of odd. Yeah, is this going to be the doctor that actually stays for the consequences? Well, I don't well, then again, sure she, I want to see that. Then again, she didn't she didn't know where her TARDIS was, so she True. couldn't really leave. She, she didn't really have anywhere to go at the time. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Empty pockets. <laughs> Empty pockets, <laughs> exactly. And, and yet there was a lot of funny moments, I think, in this particular episode. So uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the companions. And also, dude, where's my TARDIS? Dude! <laughs> hey there, JC Delatory here, and I'm very sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode. I just wanted to quickly mention that if you're enjoying the show and would like for us to keep doing it, please help out this program and our other terrific shows on the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. We have some awesome fiction podcasts, amazing animated series, web series, feature films, but to do all this, we really need your support. So if you have a few moments, pop on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tfaentertainment and take a look at what we're offering. For as little as a dollar, you're going to have access to a ton of cool perks for being our Patreon, such as exclusive episodes, meet and greets and ask me anythings also known as AMAs with the creators of these shows interviews with the actors and writers for our various programs and so much more every patreon we get helps us get closer to continuing the programs we have while debuting more exciting works of sci-fi fantasy and horror 
Also, if you're interested in advertising with Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment, drop us an email at advertising at transmissionsfromatlantis.com. Finally, in whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, be sure to rate our program. If you love the show, five stars. If you hate it, five very sarcastic stars. Now, here's another great show on the TFA Entertainment Network you might be interested in. For years, Dr. Geek has toiled in obscurity, trying to realize the future through the science of applied geekdom. Pressured to prove his theories or lose funding, Dr. Geek has now opened the doors of his amazing laboratory to public participation and public collaboration. With the help of his partner, Mr. Flask, a test subject known as Mr. Creature, and a computer called the Deus Ex Machine, Dr. Geek conducts an investigation into the world of tomorrow, creating the future by discussing it. Do you want me to turn down the oxygen in the labyrinth? Oh boy, the things I get to do for science! That's not a good sound. And why is this sticky? Join the discussion at www.drgeeklab.com. All right, folks, we are back. We are talking episode one of Jodie Whittaker's era of Doctor Who, and I'm assuming it's going to be an era, because then again, Eccleston only got one season, so who knows? Who knows? But uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how these new companions interact. I, what, what did we think of the new companions? And, of course, we're talking about Ryan, uh, Yasmin, and Graham, because they're going to be the three main uh, companions. I'm sorry. I, I'm so used to Doctor Who being companions. We got to call We're them calling friends. friends now. They're not friends, they're companions. <laughs> well, we're, we're all friends here, so <laughs> let's talk about being friends. Okay. Oh my gosh, can we be any more touchy-feely? <laughs> all right, so what do we think of the Doctor's friends? Uh, let's start with Rita. Well, I think when you saw Graham... And Ryan and Jasmine with the grandmother early on, you knew the grandmother was going to die. That was so predictable because in every trailer we saw, in every teaser, every poster, it's always just the three. Yep, it wasn't the four. So if he was married to the grandmother, you knew straight on. Something was happening Something to was going to happen to, the, <laughs> yep. to, to yeah. Nan. Yeah. Nan yeah. was going to go bye-bye some way yeah. or another. That was extremely predictable. And she was also the one that went always towards danger. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I think the fact that it's going to be three in one go is going to be interesting. And yeah, because also... usually, usually you get the one, and then others come. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like even with Rose, uh, Mickey eventually came, and then Jack came, and yeah. you know. Yeah. And 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 you know the the companions, friends yeah. come and go, yeah. but the fact that you have three and one go straight off the bat, and they all know each other. Uh, you, even if you know at least two of them, you know, had only just uh, met again after you know a long separation but still it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic i think have we had a three threesome since uh well i'm sorry probably not the proper terminology but okay uh have we had three companions at once since uh, i guess tegan and turlo turlo and uh nissa right yeah 
I don't think I, so. I don't not think really. so, right? No, because... I mean, yeah, they're coming ja- out, Because but... Jack... Uh, and was there for what two episodes? Two episodes. Joey's like was Jack and Rose, and was Mickey at the same time? No, uh, it wasn't. No, it no. wasn't. Yeah. So not that. Right? And you can't really count River because River came and went. Came and went. She was time. never. She yeah. was never there for an extended season, yeah. like a full season. Right. So yeah. we're talking about three companions no. that are going to be there all the time. Right. Yeah. That's and, interesting. And to have it be uh, not dating necessarily. You know they're not, uh, and they have wait the for uh, it. wait for yeah, it. Yeah, there, there's probably going to be a thing between Yaz, Yasmin and well, Ryan, we'll see because uh, I think Chidnall already said there wasn't going to be any romance in the TARDIS. Right, with, I remember that too. The, yeah, with the Doctor, not necessarily with the. Oh yeah. yeah, but and and also having his, uh, you know, his adopted uh, father there too. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. It's like you know, you, it's not that he's on, Ryan's on this adventure by himself. He's got his parent with him. Yeah, or grandparent. Yeah. Grandparent, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I I guess I was just I'm frustrated because uh, Nan Grace would have been a better doctor. She had so much <laughs> she had so much gumption and she's everything you would want. She was the one that was constantly moving toward danger. She was yep. the one figuring stuff out. She was the one taking charge, you know, and and getting it done. And I'm like, of course she, we're gonna lose her because she would outshine the doctor every single time at hmm. this point. And and like well, I said, I don't know. I think I think Jody's doctor kind of did that a little bit. Not com- not in comparison. Yeah. But I mean, and then I loved Graham, and I thought he was very sweet, and it was very sad, and um, he he he's just very precious. Mm-hmm. And I, Yasmin, I wished um, she gets to do more than she got to do this time. So I think that's gonna be part of the balance is with so many companions and the doctor, how do you give everybody their moment time? Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things you, uh, you mentioned Debbie, uh, and I think Scott, you agreed with it, uh, was in regards to Ryan's, uh, Disability. Oh gosh, his uh, coordination condition. Yeah, yeah. The gr- his his grandmother, his grand, and and the, her husband would not have had him trying to learn a bike on a cliff top. You know, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, that does not happen. And or then, sitting at the edge of. And a he cliff. wouldn't have been sitting on the edge of that boulder with his legs dangling over if he had a balance issue. Yeah. I know people with legitimate balance issues, and you wouldn't put them yeah. within 50 feet of that edge in any way. Yeah. Hello. Just like my husband. <laughs> or Hi. even yeah. my mom. You know, I mean, you would. My mom. You'd have a safety bubble her up and you know have her fifty feet away because yep. you don't want them going over. Or send her down the hill, or send him down the hill to you know fetch his bike that yeah, he tossed no. over. Yeah, no, it's like I'm sorry, that was completely unbelievable. So as Scott was saying, it's like he only has a disability when it's convenient to the story. Yeah, that's the thing for me. You know, there are been plenty of shows that have a character with disability, and I'm not one that says, "Oh, great, we get to check a box." Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, uh, that to me doesn't represent well, anything. Because it's very personal to you, because you've lived with disability all your life. Right, so. exactly, and that's the point. Is that you know uh, the, the the disability that they showed in the, the episode? It only seemed to affect him when he wanted to ride a bicycle. Right. But he was poor than capable of keeping up with the crowd when they were running around and doing stuff or climbing up. Oh, I don't know. A gigantic piece of machinery. Well, he did have that one moment where he slipped and then freaked out for a Yeah, second. but that's because yeah. he was oh, holding now. a flashlight in his hand, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was if, not if, a coordination issue. If he really had issue. that balance condition, he would have never been climbing that thing in the first no. place. Right. That, so that's my point. It's like, in you know, in Star Trek Next Generation did the same thing. Let's create a character that's blind, but we're going to give him bionic eyes so he's got more vision than anyone else. Right. So he's disabled. Yeah. But not disabled. The right. same thing here. And, uh, you know, I don't know this this particular 
uh, malady. I don't know if it's real. I don't know how it necessarily works. Uh, from what I understand, it is something that's afflicted uh, to somebody that's close to Chibnall. And that's yeah. fantastic that he wanted to include that. And so it may very well be very specific like this, but it just seemed extremely convenient. Yeah. So that's my take on it. So yeah. I'm hoping that he's more than that. Yep. Uh, and with the rest of the companions as well, what what did you think of uh, Yasmin and, and Graham? Oh, Yasmin I thought was uh, cool. As the police officer, she'll be having a very investigative mind mm -hmm. that hopefully will help solve mysteries you know, in future episodes. I'm not quite sure what her story arc is going to be. As the young uh, probie, you know, she has to prove herself to... And obviously, she's going to learn to be assertive. I think that's going to be a, yep. a big thing. And one of the cool things I think about it, too, was that she had that one moment where she's telling her uh, boss, you know, is there something else for me that, that can challenge me? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and as far as, the you know, the granddad, you know, it was a cool character because it helped you to understand a little bit more of the importance of grace. Mm -hmm. But I really honestly don't know how long he's going to be around nor do i understand how long you know what role is he going to play mm -hmm. in those in those episodes because he's a three-year cancer survivor so you know his life is kind of on a precious little thread to begin with yeah and he's in remission and he's in remission so yeah. so they basically planted that in there to to be able to get rid of him whenever they want yes because yeah. it's clear from this new version of who that they're happy to kill off grandparents wherever possible yeah. right we lost two already in this episode yeah. so i so i don't know you know it's not like brian uh, it's not like uh brian who came on for a few episodes and whatnot right. oh i'm excited i get to do this or that or whatnot so i'm not quite sure what his role is i mean but as a character it was okay i bet his role is going to be the bucket list guy he's gonna be the, <laughs> you think yeah we're you know you're, you're probably gonna be dying soon so we're gonna do all of these extra special things so that when you die you've you've done all this yeah that he's, would be cool he's gonna be living for grace yeah 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 so, there was something that was very much missing in this particular episode. And well, I, I th think there I, was more than one thing I, I think missing I, in this episode. You want to talk about the, the, the big blue box that's not in the room? Yes, the big blue box. Now, I'm not talking about the other thing, Debbie, but I'm talking about what? the big blue box that was surprisingly not in this episode at all. What do we think of Doctor Who without the TARDIS? Missing! Oh my gosh. I, I really just think that this is nothing more than the Doctor Begins kind of thing. You know, how they rebooted James yep. Bond and took three movies before they got the barrel, the, the gun barrel sequence in the yeah, right spot. Yeah, but e even, even with, uh, like, say, Matt's Doctor. I mean, we didn't yeah. see the TARDIS, like, the whole episode. Until right? the very end, right? Until, but you saw it at the very end. It showed up. So now uh, Jody's Doctor has to go hunting for the TARDIS. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe because the TARDIS is freaked out that... You know, it's not her guy anymore. Uh... <laughs> well, again, let's dip back to classic Who a little bit. Remember, there was that one season with uh, John Pertwee's Doctor where he was pretty much stranded on Earth. But right? the part tar the TARDIS was always the there. The TARDIS yeah. was there, but they rarely actually traveled in in the TARDIS. No, but yeah. it was there. It, it was, was there. Yeah, it was there. But maybe that's what they're doing with this. Is now I'm it's hoping. going to be a hunt for the TARDIS. Well, yeah, I have this horrible sinking feeling that it is going to be the season of hunting for the TARDIS because 
she didn't plan on taking those three people with her. So if she found it straight away, you think she'd be taking them right home. Right. So if they're going to be staying with her, it's got to be because they've had many shared adventures and now they don't know well, where to go. It also could be a situation where like uh, when uh, Tenet's doctor took took Martha on where he was, he told Martha it's only going to be for the one trip. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, Martha kind of proved herself to, to be more reliable and, you know, even though she was... Uh, poorly written it was still uh she stuck around for a while so it could be one of those things where you know the doctor never intended on taking these companions with with her um but it's probably where at some point they'll just prove themselves and then when she finally gets her tardis back they'll all go on their merry way for all the adventures i'm concerned though yeah because uh, i'm like you i think that we're not going to see the tardis for a few episodes and I think that's a very, very bad thing for Doctor Who. Uh, I, I, I can't disassociate the Doctor from the TARDIS. They right. belong together. They, they need to be together. And if it's going to be an extended period of time where the Doctor's not going to be in the TARDIS, it's not going to feel like Doctor Who to me. And yeah. given the, the change in tone and the change in gender, that's asking one too many things of yeah. your, your viewers, is to not have the TARDIS there either. I mean, you need something... That grounds you to Doctor right. Who. That yes. This is Doctor Who. Yes. You need yeah. something for the. You need something for your viewers who have already been watching. They, they didn't yeah. have a crossover companion for the mere fact that they didn't want to have to put a gigantic forty-five minutes of discussion about the change in gender. Yeah. So they did that deliberately. Yeah. So so by also removing the TARDIS, now you've got nothing. Yes. I mean, you've got a a, a redesigned sonic uh, screwdriver, but yep. you know there's no there's no psychic paper. Yep. Right. So it's really unplugged. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so I mean, the only real reference to to Doctor Who that we had was her rebuilt Sonic, which wasn't built by the TARDIS, but built by her. Right. Um, and her references of the echoes of the past. Right. You know, oh, I like that. Yeah, which was a cool yeah. reference. I yeah. did like that. Yeah. But where is Doctor Who in this Doctor Who? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm struggling to see it at this point, and it worries me that we're not going to see the TARDIS for a while. What did you think, Rita? No, I completely agree with you. I just hope before we see the TARDIS. I really don't want that. And uh, and I'm assuming everybody else realized there was no opening sequence. Yeah. Right. No closing there was sequence. No closing sequence. It just started and it ended, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. No closing credits. Yes. And and the <laughs> other other weird thing about it was yes we heard the Doctor Who theme for about what one second. Yeah. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> you know? So so if if you're trying to to accept Jody as the Doctor, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that you know like you, Debbie, just did not want to accept her as the Doctor just because of the gender swap. You're not doing a very <laughs> no. good job <laughs> at making this still feel like Doctor Who because somebody that's coming in with that particular type type of attitude is going to say, well, this still isn't Doctor Who. Circling back to the music of the this episode, and you mentioned there was very Stranger Things. I totally agree. That was certainly the vibe that I got. There was one or two moments where they had more symphonic uh, music, and the, the, the strongest part was when... The doctor was talking about memories of people that had passed, mm -hmm. and it was almost kind of like the, the new almost Murray Gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're like, is, is is this the new theme for the? You know, is this yeah. 13's theme? Is yeah. this the the new Doctor's theme? Uh, I but there wasn't enough to hear 
So I'm, you know, like, but that track I'm expecting to show up. But as far as like a soundtrack album, they've released all the old ones from the modern era. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure I need uh, 44 minutes of yeah, synth music and you know just kind of like. And I'm not saying that the the new composer did a bad job at all. No, no, no. It was it was appropriate. It was just a different feel. It was a different feel, very dark. And again, as we were talking about, this is where you're trying to make Doctor Who approachable for the people that have been watching it since 2005 or longer. Right. And uh, and accepting this new Doctor as the Doctor, and you're just not... I don't think they worry about us. Well, they have us. They had us at Doctor well, Who. What yeah. was obvious was if you they, they had this whole like watch party thing ahead of time, and they were they are all about getting the brand new viewers who want to watch because yeah. suddenly someone's a woman. The the focus was definitely on new uh, fans what, of Doctor What was Who. the clue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so like they don't give a it's like they don't give a crap about their existing fan base. They just no, want to really don't new people with the spectacle and people that wouldn't you know wouldn't care about sci-fi and fantasy except for the fact that we suddenly have you know we've taken over this male character with a female actress you know a female actor and it was just like really? You guys are not, if you guys were not into Doctor Who before, then don't even talk to me because you're not here for the stories. You're just here for the spectacle. There was actually one woman in the premiere party who had never even watched Doctor Who at all. <laughs> I know. That's I'm like, why are you even there? I, I know 50 women who, women who would have killed to have her spot at the party. Yeah, I know. Yes, <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. we like, what is this TARDIS thing all about? And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a blue box. Get the bimbo out of there. You know, I'm it's sorry. Like, are you kidding me? She, she is not a sci-fi fantasy fan in any way shape or form because if he, I don't care if you're a sci-fi fantasy fan you know something about Doctor Who right. even if by osmosis yeah you but know, she, she can't knew nothing it. she didn't even know Doctor Who existed until uh, she's party. probably a Kardashian fan <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, oh the the, oh the uh, before party was most certainly agenda based uh, driven the, yes. the way the whole thing was staged was crazy i mean you know they, they they would always photograph it so you could not see any guys in the room or if you did it was like the same guy it was will over. whedon but his beard was on the same guys uh, you know. uh, yeah they cgi will wheaton like about 15 different spots yeah. <laughs> at, at least that's what it felt like yeah, yeah. Totally. but at least will wheaton yeah. you know, is a doctor who fan and he knows doctor who yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no you're like he was on star trek yeah. um yeah. <laughs> so uh, and uh, it was also kind of interesting, and apparently our cats decided to chime in as well. Uh, it was also kind of interesting how they didn't have anybody from old Doctor Who at the party. Yes! yes. Right? Yes! yes. Uh, you would expect maybe uh, Matt or yeah. Peter or somebody, or right? somebody, somebody, yeah. anybody. somebody saying, anybody. saying even, even congratulations. Yeah, yeah, saying congratulations. Well, even the newscaster that's been on like six different episodes yeah. whenever there's a disaster of global proportions. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole point of that premiere party, should have there should have been ca uh, old cast members there. Or new cast members. Or new cast members. There should have been a ton or of interviews. Or even producers. Yeah. Yeah. There should have been a ton of interviews. Chris Chipnall should have been Where, right? Where was Chris Chipnall? Right? Yeah. yeah. But no, it was just a room full of Random people, half of them who never Will watched Wheaton, Doctor Who, who yeah. either didn't watch Doctor Who or did love Doctor Who, but I, I don't, I, I don't. What know. is it their just, relation to Doctor Who, and why should we care that they're all in the room together? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. who are these people, and why are they, we even talking to them? I want to talk to 
Yeah. People who've actually been involved. I mean, with Dr. at Dr. least yeah. they had the, the some fans, I guess, called in or whatever. Yeah. You know, they had this. They had that, that one couple that were best friends because of Doctor Who. Yeah, that right. was cool. Yeah. They had the little girl who was dressed up. That was kind of neat. Yeah. You know. Be- yeah, but they weren't at the party. They just no, no, they in. weren't at the party. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That would have been more exciting. I mean, if that little girl had been to the party, I'd be like, "Go, girl!" You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I even liked the ones a part where they were showing reaction videos of people finding out who the new Doctor was. Yes. I know, but that was sl- kind of cool. That was cool. But they're slow. I, I did Jason feel... and I figured it out like what? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Although, I did feel underrepresented during that part, though. I mean, yeah. I get that they're trying to create excitement. I'm like, you know, if they're going to be honest, they should have shown one person me like me going, oh, man, it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just felt like it was disingenuous on that level. Yeah. Well, you know, they had, I mean, they had a drum that they were going to beat. I you know? know. And it's like. It's disappointing that they didn't care about the existing fan base. Yeah, yeah that's that, pretty clear. It sure the felt that way. The premiere party yeah. was pointless. Yeah. 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 And as far as what they did with this episode, not having the TARDIS, not having the music, not, you know, they didn't care about the existing fan base in the creation yep. of the episode either. Yeah. And so I'm hopeful that in the coming episodes, we will have it feel a little bit more like Doctor Who. Yeah. Because uh, if it continues on this track for for at least a certain amount of the series I think it's going to be a, a big false start for, for Do- um, Jody. I, I will say this uh, maybe as a final thought I thought the last minute of the episode felt more like Doctor Who. Really? I was kind of the opposite. I was more like that's it? That's the end? That's how well, we're ending? Well, no, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't get me wrong I didn't quite like the ending because it felt like it was just a cliffhanger but the fact that she's like, I'm going to find my TARDIS. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then they all get teleported out into the middle of the vacuum of space. Yeah. That felt more like Doctor Who to me than the rest of the episode did. Yeah. yeah hmm. I can see that. I can just yeah. say that how ironic because just before this, we saw the, the tail end of the 50th anniversary special. Right. right. And how I thought, oh, great, the next season's going to be all about finding Gallifrey. And yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. And how ironic that now it looks like it's going to be the quest for the TARDIS. <laughs> yes. yes. The quest oh, for Lord. The TARDIS. Let's just yes. hope it'll get done in like the next few episodes and not like a season. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or two. That... I, I can't take that if they're going to yeah. look for the TARDIS that long. Yeah. It needs to be. They need to find the TARDIS next episode. Yes. Yes. Well, and she needs to do the redecorating. Yeah. They have to because the whole point of Doctor Who is it's it's travel in space and time. Time. And And how are you going to get to the time part if you don't have a damn time machine? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, what? I mean, they can probably still travel through space, but... Well, we've even been robbed of the opportunity to see a mad woman in a box. Yes. Right. So Exactly. All right, so let's let's go ahead and uh, give our rating for this episode, uh, Debbie. We've always done it on a rating of one to ten. Um, so uh, let's start with the person that came in with the least enthusiasm about it. That would be Debbie. What would you rate this particular episode? A four, which okay. is impressive because I expected to be giving it a one. Okay, uh, Scott. Uh, an optimistic seven. Okay, Rita. Um. I think I'll give it a six. Okay. Just because it's like, you know, we've been talking about, I expected it to be a little, feel a little bit more Doctor Who than it did. I mean, I still like the dark grittiness, but they stripped out too many elements. Yeah. And I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, That that was basically my feel on it was, it's about a six, uh, simply because I struggled to make it feel like Doctor Who. 
You know, I, f I did feel like Jody uh, did, you know, definitely have some of the characteristics of the Doctor. Um, I could I could believe her as the Doctor, and that's that's an important first step. But I need the TARDIS. I I need that piece to be able to complete it. And the new theme! Sorry. Yes. yes. <laughs> the thing that felt the most Doctor Who to me of the entire moment was when she crashed through the ceiling of the train, mm -hmm. and we saw something horrible looking coming, and everyone was crowding to the back, and it's still coming, 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 and then she shows up. I'm like, it's Doctor Who! Yeah. And then it stopped again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I, I did think that that sequence was incredibly creepy. Yep. Um, and very gritty and dark, but also very reminiscent of past episodes. Yep. D did anybody else think that maybe this felt like a dark, grittier spinoff? Yeah. Yes. 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 It, felt like a, it felt like a Torchwood. Yes. 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 Torchwood. Yeah. Or what? What class could have been? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to talk about class. No, let's not okay. talk about yeah, class. Let's not talk about class. Yeah, it's it did. It felt like a spinoff. Yeah, and like I said, it, it, given that they were killing off characters the way they were, like making you care and then killing them. Yeah. Usually, usually when they kill off characters, it it's not as heart wrenching as those. Yeah, not in Doctor Who. Not, yeah. So I mean, and yeah. if they do, they save it for an important episode. Yes. You know, not well, not out of the gate. Think yeah. of it in the Christmas Invasion when they beamed up uh, uh, Harriet. What's her? Harriet Jones? Yeah. No. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. How many times? How, how you can say, we not we know, know who her you name? are? <laughs> Hello, I'm blah 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 blah. Okay. Well, we, we know who we're talking is, about. Yeah. Yeah. It's Harriet they, Jones, right? They, they, yeah. The Prime Minister. He, yeah, the Prime Minister. Didn't they kill like two or three people as but, soon as they got beamed up onto the but ship? Who were but who But again, that's but they, right. they weren't yeah. anybody you cared about. No. Yeah. And, and well, maybe the guy with the well, beard. Well, you know, I don't even remember who he was, and we, I've seen that episode fifty yeah, times. we did meet them, and we—I guess you could identify with them, but it wasn't like a family member kind yeah, of thing. Where it wasn't like this, the grand, this yeah. beautiful little like love Nana, story yeah. between Nana and Graham and him. When is he ever gonna call me Grandpa? And, yeah. and her just tick with it. I mean, yeah. it was like so beautiful their little story, and they were so cutesy and kissing. You're like, she's yep. gonna die. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like Doctor Who should be better than killing off a parent. You yeah. Know? But Definitely. It works for Disney. Hey there, folks. So we just found out that apparently BBC actually aired the end credits as well as the new theme. But guess what? Us in America, we didn't get to see that because BBC America had some lame-ass freaking after show that I guess they decided the, that the end credits weren't important to us. Never mind, we've been eagerly awaiting to wanting to hear this new theme, right? <sighs> BBC America. I gotta tell you. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for this particular episode of uh, Transmissions from Gallifrey. I have to get used to that because I'm so used to saying Transmissions from Atlantis. <laughs> and the the interesting thing is each week we will be having an instant cast. So we will give you instant reaction to Doctor Who uh, and the latest episode of Jodie Whittaker's run of Series 11. And hopefully longer than that, we will see. <laughs> Also, don't forget there's going to be a number of fantastic new things coming to the transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network, including some awesome fiction podcasts, amazing animated series, web series, feature films. But to do all of this, we really need your support. So if you can take a few moments, pop on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TFA Entertainment and take a look at what we're offering. You're going to have access to a ton of cool perks for being our Patreon, such as exclusive episodes, 
meet and greets and ask me anything sessions, also known as AMAs, with the creators of the shows, interviews with the actors and writers for our various programs, and so much more. Every Patreon we get helps us get closer to continuing the programs we have while debuting even more exciting works of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. In addition, please help spread the word about this awesome program. If you have a listening party with three or more folks, let us know and we'll send you a greeting from the creators just for you and your friends or family. Keep up to date with the latest goings-on via our Facebook groups, Transmissions from Atlantis, The Transmission is Received, and our website at transmissionsfromatlantis.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TFA Entertain. Doctor Who fans, join our Facebook group for the latest Doctor Who news and our latest episode releases, and follow us on Twitter at TF Gallifrey. I guess until then. Alonzi? Alonzi? Let's go. Alonzi. I should say Alonzi more. Alonzi. Look sharp, Rose Tyler. Alonzi. And then it would be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo, because then I could say Alonzi, Alonzo, every time. Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder.